always expect, you know, when a farmer sows a seed, they always expect to harvest. They don't sow a seed and go, oh, well, I'm just giving the, the, the ground a, a seed just because. They always expect a harvest. Amen? Amen. I get to minister tonight. Are you ready? Don't worry. Pastor's going to be ministering on Sunday. Hallelujah. But we're growing and we're going. Amen? This is a year of more and more. And as Pastor was saying, more of us is required. More determination. You know, it's so interesting to me how many of us, we know the right thing to do. Or if God puts something on our heart, we know what we ought to do. Like, you know, we know we ought to be reading the Bible reading plan. We're an axe. Woohoo! We know it. But you don't have to raise your hand. How many people are actually doing it? Right? Oh, she raised her hand. Okay, I see. You don't have to. But some people come on. You can raise your hand if you're doing it. Praise the Lord. Um, but it's so important that you know when we're when God puts something on our heart that we follow through. Follow through is important. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray. Father, we lift you up tonight. We thank you, Father, for the word that you have for us tonight. We've come with ears to hear hearts to receive. I thank you, Father. You speak through my mind, through my mouth, and, and think through my mind that I would, I would deliver what you have for all of us tonight. And we thank you. We say, have your way in this place. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our families. Have your way in our marriages. Have your way in our church, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, there's a plan for every service. So God has a plan for this service. Amen. Guess what? You're part of the plan. You're a participator. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. We have the best participators. You know, I, Pastor Marcus and I, we were, when we got married, we were in our, let's see, I was 21, he was 25. And I remember we lived in Fresno and I was going to Fresno Pacific. And back then they had one, say one. Christian TV channel. Now they have all these TV channels, but back then they had one. They, they could have had two. I was only aware of one, but that I knew of. So there was one channel. We watched it all the time. We would sit on our couch. Of course, you know, we didn't have a lot of time, but well, we didn't have kids. You know, when you don't have kids, you can do more things. <laughs> you gotta spend time doing what you want. But we would watch the word and feed on the word all the time. And so we were watching it. This is before YouTube. When you wanted to see something on you know, if there was a minister and they were broadcasting it, you're like, yes, they're broadcasting it. We get to watch it. You know, there was no internet. I know it's hard for you to imagine no internet, but there was no internet back in 1995. Maybe there was, but they had what dial up. It would make really funny. Yeah. Anyway, not everybody had a computer. Okay. Off the topic. But so, you know, we would watch the word and we would watch people get up and sing songs. You know, Pastor Marcus and I would do. We'd get up and start singing with them in our hey. living room. Yeah. We would clap. We would say amen. We would get our Bibles. Guess what? We were participating. We say that again. Yes, we were, we were rejoicing and, and praising God. And um, it's just so good to be a participator. Who wants to be a spectator? They don't get anything. You know, the Super Bowl's coming up, and all of us are pretty much going to be spectators. We don't get the paycheck. We don't get the ring. Right? Who gets that? The participators. So you want to be a participator in your life in the things of God. Participate in what God has for you tonight, today. In, in every service, be a participator. Don't just stand there being a spectator. Well, you know, 
That's just not me. That's not true because if you were at a game, you might be yelling pretty loud. I've seen the quietest people in church. And you go to a game and I'm like, my gosh, they're screaming. They're yelling. They're woohoo, cheering their team on, right? So, you know, or maybe you didn't go to games. Maybe you were in the clubs and, you know, you were the one out there dancing and do, showing all your moves. I don't know. But you were a participator. Put that same energy and effort into participating in the things of God. Why? Because that's eternal. There's an eternal reward for you. Then when you go to heaven, they're not going to say, well, I guess you got to go to kindergarten because, you know, you were in church and you never did this and you never did this. But I've been going to church for 20 years. Yeah, but you didn't, you didn't pick anything up. Right? You didn't participate. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So we're going to talk about, we're not talking about participating. I just want to encourage you to continue to be a participator with your amen. Amen. Hallelujah, pastor. That's right. I'm ready to receive. You know, the more you respond, the more you receive. The more you respond, the more you receive. Amen. Amen. Um, So I have a, a, something on my heart and so i'm just going to share this tonight amen let's open up our bibles to luke chapter 10 amen this is one of my uh favorite you know there's so many bible stories and they're not just stories they really did happen and god put it in his word so that we could take it and run with it so that we could participate amen you got your bible you should always bring your bible to church or your device wave it in the air i was gonna say act like you just don't care but no wave it in the air say this is my bible this is god talking to me i am what it says i am i can do what it says i can do tonight i'm being taught the word of god my heart is receptive my mind is alert is your mind alert sure you're focused not distracted? Okay, my mind is alert, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. We love our Bibles. That's what we do in the nursery, Sarah. we got to start adding this. I love my Bible. Mwah, mwah. Give the Bibles to the babies. They kiss their Bibles. Mwah, mwah. We love our Bible. Yeah, you teach them young. And then they do a little chewing on it. That's okay. You love your Bibles. We let them chew on the word, amen. They're getting it early, their love for God. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Praise the Lord. Now it came to pass as they went that he, talking about Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So here's Jesus and whose house is she going to? Martha's house. And verse 39, she had a sister called Mary. Oh, Mary, Mary. And Martha, Martha, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was distracted. Underline that word or highlight if you can. Distracted. Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Verse 41. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, 
And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. What was the good part? What was Mary doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted with much serving. You know, there's a time to serve. And there's a time to sit at the feet of Jesus. There's a time to clean your house. And there's a time to sit at the feet of Jesus. There's a time to go shopping. There's a time to go out on your date night, right? There's a time to get your errands done. But there's a time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And we ought not to be just one-sided. Because Jesus, because there, you know, life is, life is full of things we have to do, things we have to take care of. And Jesus understands that. But he said she was distracted with much of it. Sometimes when things are going on in life, a lot of times we can get so distracted, we forget to sit down and take our time to sit at the feet of Jesus. This is a story. This happened, and Jesus said, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. See, Martha, she was distracted. Here's Jesus coming to her house, and now she's like, I got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to do that. Have you ever been there? I've been there. But he said, one thing is needed. Martha, Mary, excuse me, has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Again, an eternal, eternal reward, uh, an eternal deposit. You know, when you, when you come to meet with somebody, you get to know them. You get to learn about their personality. You get to understand who they are. And Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, it's not just, oh, I just want to know who Jesus is. When you come to know who he is, you come to know who you are. When you come to know who Jesus is, you come to know who you are. If you don't know Jesus, you'll never really know what he has made you, who he is, because he lives on the inside of you. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, now the Spirit of God dwells in you. You take him with you wherever you go. And um, you get to find out that, wow, I've got the love of God. I've got joy. I've got peace. I've got the fruits of the Spirit on the inside of me. I can overcome because Jesus lives on the inside of me. Once you get to know him, you get to know about yourself. That's why we're reading our Bible. That's one way we get to know him. I said that. Why? Because this is Jesus right here. This is, this is God right here speaking to me. This is who he is. If you don't ever read your Bible, you'll never know who he is. Another way we come to know who he is is we come and we take time to sit at his feet. We take time to be with him. We put aside the distractions. We put aside, they could even be tasks that we have to get done. But you know, I'll tell you this, anytime I've put Jesus first, in the morning or before something I get so much more done during that day than I would have isn't that true for all of you if, than you would have if you would have just done it at the end of the day and you know that God is always ahead of things 
So he wants you to be ahead of things. He wants all of us to know. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, he's our helper, our, our, helper, our comforter. He, the Bible says he shows us things to come. But how are you going to know what's coming if you don't go spend time with him so he can show you those things to come? You won't know. So that's why so many people, they'll go to a psychic, you know, get out the Ouija board, you know, the tarot cards, whatever. That, that, that stuff is witchcraft. You don't want to mess with that stuff. There's, there's evil spirits on those things. But what are people looking for, though? They're looking to know, what's my future? What's going to happen to me? Am I going to be okay? Right? That's what they want to know. But they're going to the wrong source. And if we would just come to, see, we don't have to go there. We can come to Jesus where there's light. See, in those things, there's darkness. But in Jesus, there's light. The Bible says his word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Jesus is the word. He, he's the word made flesh. So what the Bible says, he became flesh. The word became flesh. When he came down on earth, he became flesh. He put on, God put on flesh for you. God put on flesh for us. He walked this life so he could know everything that you're going to face. He went through it himself. Everything you've been tempted with, Jesus was tempted with. Guess what? And he overcame. He overcame why? He overcame so that you can overcome. So now he lives on the inside of you. The Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Right? But you won't know that. You won't be able to draw from that great, the greater one, the strength, if you don't take the time to sit at his feet and just behold him. Just behold him. To get in the spirit and behold him. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, well, if I do that, I'm going to sit in there for two hours. And how am I? No, I didn't say two hours. Why don't you start with five or ten minutes? You know, here we are in the beginning of the year making our New Year's resolutions. I'm sure some of you have made your New Year's resolutions, right? How many of you, have you started your saying list yet? If you haven't done that, huh? Write down, what are you believing God for this year? Okay, I'll have to bring, I'll have to bring some papers. You can get your saying list. But you, what, what do we need to do this year more of? We need to spend more time with him. Because that's where our safety is. That's where our answers are. It's that one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. Amen. You know, Pastor Marcus and I never went on a date. You know, we're empty nesters now, though we have a son at home. But we always made it uh, a priority to go on dates when our kids were little and throughout their growing up. You know why? Many people don't get to know each other, and so they start putting their kids first. Our kids never came first. God was first, and then we would say, and I'd say that, you know, daddy's second, and he'd say mommy's number two, and then you're number three. Why? Because one day they're going to leave the home, and it's just going to be you two again. So they, ne they never, we didn't, we didn't live in this child-centered home where everything's centered around them. It, we were a God-centered home. Everything centered around God, and then we had a, strong relationship so that there would be security in the home. If you don't have a strong relationship with your spouse, if you don't get to know them, to love them, to put them first, I said put them first, 
then um, then what happens is to meet with many marriages yeah. is the kids grow up, yeah. they leave, and the spouses look at each other and go, "Who are you? You know, I don't even know who you are anymore. I don't like you know what I mean. You hear those things. I don't even know who you are. Well, I've changed. You know, you haven't really changed. You just never really got to know each other through the last 15, 18 years of raising kids." Because you didn't take the time to go out on dates. Yeah, right. yeah. So Pastor Marcus and I, we would, <laughs> our kids were little, and we were like, hey, we're going to go on a date. Brenda, Auntie, Bre- Auntie, she's a, Marcus's sister, so we, we ever, the kids call her Auntie, would come over, and we were in Seattle, and she'd watch the kids. And the first few years, they were babies, and we'd be like, what do you think? Did it? And then we, we realized we'd go on dates and talk about the babies. So they were like, wait, we can't talk about the babies, right? So then we would try, and, and so, but we got to know one another. We stayed connected. And many Christians today, so busy, busy, busy. And so when tough times come, instead of running to God, they run away from God. Or they fall off. The enemy just takes them out. Because they haven't. You know, you you hear about preachers that have fallen. I mean, not now, but, you know, I don't know. Back in the day. But what happens? They're not spending time with God. When you spend time with God, you want all that he has for you. You want to do right. You want you there is the strength to do it. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 40. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 40. This year of more, more determination, more time with him. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to read this to you out of the King James version first. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. Pastor Nancy, uh, the word she got for for her congregation, and I take it for me because she's my pastor as well. 2024, mounting up, mounting up, um, mounting up on on. And this this verse is what she's talking about. Isaiah 40 verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's look at that in the Amplified Version. Praise the Lord. Thank you. But those who wait, it's up on the screen if you don't have it. But those who wait for the Lord. Now, the, the, the King James is those who wait upon him. That waiting upon, it's not to wait. I'm just waiting for God. I'm just waiting for him to do something. That word wait is like, is the same word as like a a waiter. Is a waiter just sitting around? No, they're serving. When you go to God, you're waiting on him. You are like a waiter. You're not just sitting there doing nothing. This is where Christians get confused. Well, I'm just waiting on God. No, we're waiting upon him in our time with him. We're bringing him our worship. We're praising him. We're quiet sometimes. And we're listening to what he has to say. There's action to this word wait. It's not sitting on the couch and hoping that something happens. A wishing and a hoping and a dreaming. There's faith. God always asks us to do things in faith. So there's a faith here in this word wait because it takes on the connotations of a waiter. How may I serve you when you go to God? When you go to God, how may I? 
there's a serving. You're serving the Lord. You're waiting upon him. And it says in the Amplified, you expect, you look for, you're hoping in him. You're looking at him. You're looking at him. You're not looking at the circumstances. You're not looking at the distractions. Come on. That means when you go to wait upon the Lord, minister to him, you may have to, you know, put your phone outside their bedroom door and close the door. Because I can guarantee you, the minute you start to decide, I'm going to go read my Bible, I'm going to go spend time with the Lord, you're going to put your phone down, all of a sudden, ding, 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 someone calls you, it starts pinging, people are texting you, and the next thing you know, what happens? You're distracted with much whatever, whatever, with much of something that has nothing to do with the Lord. Because God needs you, you need him, he wants to show you things. So you have to look to him. Then it says they'll sh- they shall change, renew their strength and power, those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord, their strength will be renewed. Their strength will be renewed. When you get weak, when you're tired and weary, what's happening? You're not spending time waiting on him. You're not spending your time waiting on the Lord. You got too tired. I'm tired of serving in the nursery. You're not waiting on the Lord. Well, I'm burnt out. You're not waiting on the Lord. Pastor and I don't get burnt out. We've been here for 15 years. (laughs) You can't get burnt out if you wait on God. You're waiting on him. Why? Because your strength is renewed. You're getting stronger and stronger with him. There's no burnout. Praise the Lord. You're renewed. Your strength is renewed and you have power. It says they shall lift their wings and mount up close to God. When you're waiting on him, you're mounting up close to him. Just as eagles mount up to the sun. So an eagle is a beautiful bird, right? They um, fly high. They soar above other birds. And they're made to rise on the higher places of the earth. When you wait on the Lord, you'll rise on the higher places. If you don't wait on the Lord, you're going to be like the chicken. Cluck, 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 down there pecking the dirt. You know, they don't fly. If they do, it's like flap, 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 boom. If you've ever seen a chicken, flap, 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 boom. You know what I mean? An eagle, did you know that an eagle does not flap? It's rarely, let me put this, they're not flappers. They don't flap their wings. They try not to. They wait. That's right, Miss Loretta knows all about the eagle. They wait for a thermal current, a warm current. Now, all the other birds, they're flapping their wings. They're flapping They're working hard. They're tired. The eagle waits for this thermal gust of wind, this thermal warm air. Let me rephrase that. And when they wait, they wait. They don't just take off. See, when God tell, when you need to check before you do things, don't just take off. You wait. What did God say? So they wait for this thermal gust of, this thermal wind. Uh, the temperature, and when it comes, then they take off and they soar. 
They can go 100 miles and come back. Guess what? They're not tired. You know why? They weren't flapping their wings. They're not flappers. They soar. So God is telling us when we wait on him, we will, it will cause us to mount up just like the wings of an eagle and soar above every situation. So we won't be tired. Why? Because we're not doing it in our own strength. We're sitting at his feet. That strength that we need is coming straight from him into us. So that when we do face something, we're strong. Now, what if, see, you always want to be, and I said this, I think, at the beginning of the year. You want to be, I asked Pastor Marcus, tell me the, the difference, don't laugh, between offense and defense. I think I've got it. <laughs> We're talking about football. You want to be on the offense all the time, right? You don't want to be on the defense where people are, where you're constantly getting attacked, um, your mind is being attacked, you're, you're moved by your emotions, circumstances are coming, you're like, oh, i got to pull out my scripture. What does this say? No. See, that's always you're on the defense. You're trying to defend yourself. Better to be on the offense, to be ahead of things. I'm guarding my peace. I'm guarding my time with the Lord. Why? Because I know that's where my strength comes from. I know that's where my strength will be renewed and I'll soar above cir circumstances and situations when I come. I'm getting on the offense. I'm getting ahead of things when I spend my time with the Lord. If you don't spend your time with God, if you're not spending your time reading your Bible and time to hear what he has to say, you're going to be on the defense. You know, take out your, your shield of faith, oh, your sword of the spirit, you know, and you're going to be like, all these darts are coming. But whose fault is that? That's yours. Because he says right here, if you'll spend time with him, wait on him, you'll mount up as wings, uh, on wings as eagles. Now, they mount up to the sun. Now, it said that, um, it said that they fly very close. They can go all the way, like, you know, they fly very high, and they go up towards the sun. When prey is coming after them, when there's an attacker coming for an eagle, it starts flying towards the sun because it can look at the sun and other birds or animals can't. Well, I guess birds would be the only things flying. <laughs> they can't, and so what happens is they, they peel off. So they mount up towards the sun. The sun also gives them the nutrients that they need, right? It causes them to, their strength to be restored. So just as the eagle mounts up towards the sun, is able to fly that high, it's, it's headed, it's looking at the sun. You know, they say the eagle has two, two sets of eyelids, and so as it goes towards the sun, it closes one of set, so it can kind of look like it's looking straight through, but uh, straight at the sun. But it's mounting up towards the sun for a reason. Well, just God's saying here, just as the eagle mounts up towards the sun, we ought to mount up close to God. Yeah. We mount up close to him, and when we do that, just like the predator, they always, you know, it's coming after the eagle. Too late, Mr. Devil. I already know what's coming. I've already taken my authority. I've, you know, I've heard stories of people, and even in my own life, there was a situation. I started praying in the Holy Ghost one day. Actually, I think it was at night. And I was praying. And then I started going into travail and intercession. And I was just praying it out in the Holy Ghost. 
And the next day I got a phone call and someone's like, this is going to happen and I don't know what to do. I need your help. And it was actually, we were, on, we were getting ready to come to church that night. And I remembered a story Kenneth Hagin said, how he went through a similar situation and he was praying something through and he didn't know what it was. And the next day he got a, this, a phone call and he goes, oh, that's what that was for. And that came in my spirit. You're going to be okay. I prayed that through last night. I didn't know, I knew I was praying for this person, and this person is the one who called me. And I said, oh, I was reminded. I was just praying about that. I told Pastor Marcus on the way to church, I said, I already prayed about that. That's what exactly what I was praying for last night. It's taken care of. I didn't have to get on the defensive right then and there and start praying about it. It was already done. And guess what? It was already done everything turned out just fine see when you get take the time to spend with God you may not even know sometimes what you're praying for there's been times I just sit down I have my chair that I sit in and pray and sometimes you may get on your knees all of a sudden you may be doing something and you get a, a prompting in your heart go read your Bible yeah but I uh, don't get distracted go, now I'm not saying you're on the job I'm sorry I gotta go read my Bible right now you know you know we're, <laughs> let's be I got gotta put that out there you can't be doing that right yeah, yeah, do it on the restroom break. I don't know. Don't take too many restroom breaks. Had those, had those people before. Um, anyway, but you may be that. You may be at your house. You may be getting ready to go shopping, and the Lord says, "Go read your Bible." Or you're just have a, you just have a time where I just take time every morning to spend time with the Lord. What am I doing? I'm renewing my strength. I'm getting that the power that I, I'm exchanging my strength for His. And then it says, "You mount up." You mount up. In other words, you're not having to do it yourself. It's done in the spirit. It's done in the spirit. Uh, one old-time minister, I can't re recall the name of him, but he said, every prayer, uh, I'm going to paraphrase this, if you have a prayer, uh, I'm sorry, if you have a failure in your life, every failure is a prayer failure because you haven't spent time with God. So when you mount up, you know, like what's one thing we mount up on? Have you ever mounted a horse? Ever mounted a horse? Do we have that? Yeah, have you ever mounted a horse? Well, Pastor Marcus and I, we went to Virginia. There he is. He's, he's, mount, he's mounted on that horse. That poor horse. Now, we took this, we took this trail, you know, at some points we were going downhill uphill um did we have did pastor marcus he sat on the, that horse did he have to do any work he didn't have to do no work he didn't have to do anything why because he mounted up on the horse the horse did the work the horse did the work when you take the time to wait on the lord to get in his presence to worship him to praise him there's times to be quiet and listen you know it's a it's a fellowship with him you know it's a, it's a talking to and a listening. There's a two-way communication going back and forth. When you take that time, you'll mount up. You're not the one doing all the work. God does the work. God does the work. You just spend time in his presence to get rejuvenated, refreshed. You may even, you know, you may be in a season in your life where you've got, I remember Pastor Marcus and I, had our babies there was a lot of work <laughs> yeah. 
you know, when you've got littles and you're changing diapers and we were going to church and, you know, and serving and, um, but when you wait on the Lord and spend time with him, your strength is rejuvenated. You're refreshed. Those times of refreshing come with, come with being with God. And then you mount up and things become easier. But if you're not spending time with God, then you're not mounting up. And you're like the horse. You're doing all the work. You're struggling. You got, the, you got it all on your back right there. You got the, the burdens, the cares, the worries, and you're the horse. You're like that pack, what do they call that, a pack mule? And they're going up and they're, what are they doing? They're carrying all the load. You don't want to be like a pack mule. You want to be like Pastor Marcus, mounting up. Like the, you want, that's what we want. Where God carries us through every season, every step, every, you know, he'll carry you through every decision in your life. Every decision, everything you're going through, if you'll take the time to be with him. But you have to recognize there are distractions. You have to recognize there are, and guess what? This, in this day and age, I mean, you got phones, you got internet. I mean, this thing never goes off. I'm serious. It could never go off, you know. Back in, I don't know if, okay, I don't know if you any of this remember. Back in the day, they used to have cable TV. And at midnight, some of you are looking at me because you have no idea what I'm talking about. At midnight, the channels went off. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. The channels went off. And guess what you would see on the screen? Look like snow. I don't, I don't know if channels go off now. I don't know if they, they don't. Celia said they don't. It would be not, see, there's constant things coming at your mind, constant distractions coming to you, where you could fill your day with a bunch of distractions and never spend time with the Lord. It's so easy. You could go a day, like, where did my, doesn't your day just go by, doesn't it seem to go by faster as you get older? I mean, I'm just saying, I think, it, where did the time go? It's already 3 p.m. It's 5 o'clock, I guess. We got to make dinner, Right? So you have to be aware of the distractions because those things will cause you to, um, they'll weaken you. Distractions will weaken you. You need to write that down. As Jesse Duplantis says, you need, write this down. Distractions will weaken you. They'll weaken you spiritually. And when you're weak in your spirit, then guess what? Everything else about you is weak. Your mind is weak. Your body will be weak. Because the Bible says the, the strong spirit of a man sustains him. So you have to strengthen your spirit. Your spirit man has to be strengthened. When it's strengthened, that sustains you. That gets you over problems. It gets you over circumstances. Cause you to, causes you to go through things. You know, you can go through things and face things with joy. Amen, Pastor. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to close with this verse, and this is the verse. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 16. Praise the Lord. 